Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct-to-Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Welcome to Celtic State of Mind. I'm Paul John Dykes, and today I'm delighted to be joined once again by Stevie Mullen. Welcome back, Stevie. How are you? Thanks for having me, Paul. Yep, I'm well. Thank you. Everything's going well in my personal life, but just really disappointed and sad with what's happening with Celtic. Yeah, I'm on, I mean, this is it. It creeps into your every every single day. It keeps in, doesn't it? And the same questions keep getting asked. But there is one big question, and that is the million dollar question, I guess. Um, and and that is what what happens next. I mean, what do we do? We've been asked the question. Uh, we're getting messages coming out of Celtic Park from the gaffer. We're we're having statements from the CEO. Uh, the captain's been spoken to, and what I'm calling the hostage video. And you just wonder what is 
what is going to happen next? Is, is a decision going to be made now? What's your theory on that? You've watched the uh, the club, you've watched them in good times and in bad. Do you think that um, the board do have a plan in place that uh, we've, we're not aware of? Well, I think the, that that's the million-dollar question, Paul. Uh, I know somebody that works quite high up in Dermot Desmond's organisation, you know, and... Uh, Always very complimentary about his business acumen. I don't think you get to a level of business where he is if he wasn't really ruthless and good at what he does. I've been fortunate enough to meet Peter Law on numerous occasions and not once have I ever come away thinking, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. So for me, just looking at it without knowing any facts, why would they not be making a change at this moment in time? There's got to be something that they know or something that they see that we don't see behind the curtain. But there's got to be something. My own opinion could only possibly be that they can't get the guy that they think could make it at this precise moment and are prepared to ride out a wee bit of a storm, I think, which could backfire on us because I think we could be done in everything if we don't make the change. But I'm trying to figure out why these two gentlemen in particular don't make the decision right now. Well... What you say is absolutely right. I mean, at that level of business, Stevie, you know, multi-million, multi-billion uh, when you go into Dermot Desmond's kind of field, at that level, um, you're ruthless. You don't get to that stage unless you are ruthless. And then as you say, any uh, involvement you've had in scenarios whereby Peter Lowell's at the helm talking or fielding questions, etc., this guy is switched on, he's smart, and he's obviously extremely successful. So to get to that stage, that I think that is one of the frustrations because it feels as though they're not seeing what everybody else is seeing. Um, you're getting this uh, message coming out of the club with the CEO's statement and then obviously with uh, the captain's interview on Celtic TV. Um, but then you're also getting other members of staff on radio shows, for example. And I, I read this morning uh, the kind of backlash of the reaction to the comments made by Darren O'Day. Now, obviously, when you're employed by the club, it's difficult. It's difficult for you to then go into a radio show, um, even if it is your view um, that things aren't going so well and you need to make a change. You can't say that. So we know that. You know, it's not as though we're expecting Dan O'Day to go in um, and tear Neil Lennon to pieces. It's never going to happen. But there, there is this joint approach almost from the club to say, oh, we, we know we must do better. Uh, we're all suffering here uh, and we're going to turn it around because I don't think there's many fans now who believe we can turn it around. I was asked a question yesterday and, and it's my view now, it looks as though the club are giving Lenny this run of games. Um, you know, starting for Ross County, Stevie, right up to the Rangers game at Ibrox. My fear is that further damage to our league campaign can be done in that period. In normal times, you would be quite happy for that, you know, because you should be able to beat this team. I've got absolutely no confidence in Celtic winning any of the games, whether at Celtic Park or away from there. We're not playing well enough. There doesn't seem to be joined up right. And I totally understand Dan O'Dea and why he would say that and his commitment to Neil Lennon. Because he could possibly do his job as well. Yeah. You know, so there's a lot of self-preservation going on. And I understand that because it's not a nice feeling to lose your job. But if you're going to go on and make these statements, I think you need to back it up. You know, let's not bother with this year's stats. Let's go back to last year's. That's a nonsensical attitude. Absolutely nonsense. You've got to be faced with a predicament you're in just now. And that is that we're not playing well and we don't look as if we're ready to come round. I would be delighted 
if they, they were able to overcome this, but I can't see where it's going to come from. This this is the the frustration, stroke worry, stroke fear is we're we're getting no signs, and whenever we do, i.e., sixty minutes against Leo Stevie, it's followed up by the same old, same old, the same kind of drudgery that we've been um, served all season. So we're, we're criticising the players, we're criticising the coaching and the management team, and this week we've been criticising uh, the club at board level as well. Now. In the knowledge that that's going to go down like a Led Zeppelin uh, when the club find out, because they don't want to hear any kind of podcast or broadcast who has an audience, you know, putting that out there, putting that view out there, Stevie. They want everybody to be of the same view that we're all in it together. But it is fragmented. I mean, the supporters uh, up until a certain point were divided in terms of, you know, a huge amount of people were on the the same side as what the, the club are in terms of things are going to get better. Neil Lennon's the man to lead us through this. And I said around about the, the Aberdeen game, I felt it was probably 60-44 Neil Lennon um, sorting it out. It's definitely flipped the other way and it's probably even more now what do you reckon 70 or 80 against. Uh, most people are now looking at it and I've seen a lot of uh, discussions online, on social media, uh, in relation to taking further action, and I don't mean demonstrations as such, uh, but, you know, actually making um, decisions based on their own investment in the club. People use a high percentage of their earnings to support Celtic Football Club, Stevie. You've done it for decades. And, you know, these people are no longer, a lot of them are no longer prepared to do that until um, change happens. Now, that change isn't just a change in manager. It's a bit of a change in culture as well around the club because a lot of fans are now feeling as though we're being treated uh, with contempt. I've th- thought for years, you know, that you don't get any... Th- this isn't a new thing. The only thing you ever got from Celtic, and I- I'll never stop being a Celtic fan, I've got to make that clear, was when your renewal was coming up, you get the forum through the door. Occasionally, they would send you a standard Christmas card. So I- I- I'm quite used to this. But the alarming thing for me was last Sunday that at the end of the game I wasn't angry. I was very sad that the cup run had ended in mm. such a dismal forum. There didn't seem to be any fight from anybody. I'm not going to give any of the players a pass. But I don't see how we improve the team because that was almost our strongest team. Yeah. You know, so it's no we're waiting for this guy coming back. He's injured, he's got COVID, or oh, it's effects or something else. That was almost their strongest team. Mm-hmm. Now I see guys pinning their hopes in James Forrest, who's been slaughtered for years by the majority of Celtic fans, and a wee guy who's played 29, or made 29 appearances in Mikey Johnson. Mm. And we're pinning our whole season on these two guys coming back. I think my season's over. Well, this this is a problem when you're looking at the, um, the amount of changes that Neil Lennon's tried. Um, I, I was talking to someone who has experience in, in uh, coaching at quite a high level just the other day talking about that instinct, Stevie, and um, the doubt creeping in so that you, you start doubting your own instincts. So then, you know, every decision you make, you're second guessing it and you're overthinking it. Uh, you're just not getting on with the job and the instinct is gone. And I, I feel the instinct's gone with Neil Lennon. We've seen occasions this season where there's been confusion around substitutions getting made even, which was, you know, it was embarrassing, uh, not knowing which player's coming on. Um, that shouldn't be happening at the, the level that Celtic are operating at. But that is what's happening. It's quite, it's shambolic in actual fact. Um, and I, as I say, there's a three-pronged attack here. The players must do more. They're underperforming. The management and the coaches 
and a massive part of that because it's obviously them who are preparing them for games and sending them out and setting them up in a certain shape. But then, you know, the tier above that is now coming into light. Um, I, I say now coming into light, maybe uh, to a larger degree, because I think there's been a lot of people unhappy with the board for some time for various reasons at Celtic Football Club, Stevie. But uh, the performances on the pitch get a lot more people interested. Um, and that seems to be the kind of view at the moment that uh, not only is there a, a real lack of engagement, like we say, and that's coming into focus because we're not doing so well, um, but it seems as though they're quite happy to go as is and that, that's a big concern because like I say uh, you know we could go into the game against St Johnson and drop points no one fears Celtic at the moment we're easy to play against Bill if I was a coach against Celtic I'd put two up top and just tore the ball at my centre forwards but if you look at Celtic where we're really struggling now is the lack of confidence throughout the club throughout the club the players are getting tight when they're playing so they're misplacing passes. Mm. I've never seen Callum McGregor in all the years he's played up until the season misplace so many passes. Even on Sunday when he came on, I've seen Scott Brown doing it, I've seen Christopher Iyer doing it, passing the ball straight out of the park. Yep. And it's five and six yard passes. It's no World Cup Wally passes, 60 yards or outside of the foot. We need to get back to basics. And, and it's really quite simple. Let's start for 0-0 zero, zero and no concede goals. Was it nine goals we've conceded for set pieces in something like the last ten games? That's horrific. Terrible. Absolutely horrific. And I've seen somebody come out this morning and making a case, John Kennedy's never been a defensive coach, he's been this. But he's still a coach. So you need to be able to coach your defence, your midfield and your attackers. Yeah. And we're not doing... Well, it doesn't look as if we're doing any of that just now. If we go higher up the tree, I, I, I hate to see my club being attacked, Paul. Whether it's internally, whether it's externally, I hate to see the fans arguing with each other, having disjointed. I don't mind the debate, but when the vitriol that's come out this week, from within, I, 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 it doesn't sit comfortably with me. No, it doesn't. See, when we're looking at the board, Stevie, we, we try and be as balanced as possible. So you're looking at Neil Lennon and you're saying, well, you know, you're trying... Uh, different things you're trying to adapt to the situation you're bringing in um, different players you're, you're trying a different shape it's not working um, and then what in support of Neil Lennon could I say well the players are letting him down I think they are letting him down what I would also say in support of Neil Lennon is he's operating within a coaching staff that he didn't assemble himself now people might say well that's the way things are I don't think that is the way things are across the board. If you want to achieve in football, you need the, the coaching staff to be a team as well, Stevie, and I don't see that. Now, there's always been this kind of... A lot of this is theory, uh, so let, let's try and stick to the facts, Stevie. Damien Duff leaves the club and he's replaced by Gavin Strachan. Now, who appointed him and how much a, a part of that decision was uh, played by Neil Lennon? Now, I know for a fact that um, coaches with Premier League experience were interested in that job and approaches were made via their representatives to Celtic Football Club to say that they would be interested in the role uh, that Gavin Strachan uh, now fills. And no responses were, were forthcoming. That's, that's a concern when you're not even considering the people who have, have made their kind of feelings known and their availability known that they would come up and be part of this, this coaching team. Now, um, that, that's a concern for me because that then looks like someone's been appointed because they are internally liked by a certain few. Um, and that is my concern with the coaching staff at the moment. You've got a guy there in John Kennedy who seems to be able to outlive any management team. 
Um, does he have aspirations himself to be Celtic's number one? You know, if Neil Lennon was to be relieved of his duties, are we going to be served up with John Kennedy as a manager in an interim basis? Because that is going from bad to worse, if you ask me. If you've been there 16 years, which John Kennedy has, and he's not had the position up to now, then he'll never be the manager. You can't be a manager after 16 years as an assistant or a coach. He, if that was the progression plan by Celtic, then he should have got it before Neil Lennon when Brendan Rodgers left. He, he should have been able to fill that breach. Again, with the guy Gavin Strachan, who I've got no real knowledge of, my understanding is it was Neil Lennon that appointed him. There was other coaches put to him and that's the one he chose. But again, I don't see any improvement. John Kennedy's been put on the last three or four managers. Mm. He seemed to do OK under Brendan. He doesn't seem to be doing well now. He'd done OK last year when Neil was winning the treble. So why is it only manifesting itself as a problem now? Because things aren't going well. Now, we've spoken um, every single week during this this uh, period, Stevie, and I don't think your views have changed, really. Um, obviously, the only way that the narrative can change is if the performances change and the results change. And we're actually going into a situation tonight, um, and I say that this is the, the, the last fixture I think Neil Lennon would like, because, you know, we've just been walloped 8-2 from Sparta Prague, who are nowhere near the calibre side that AC Milan are, and it's at the San Siro. So we're going in there tonight, and I've got to say, I've got no confidence that we're going to get anything out of the game, of course, but I've got even more concerns around uh, the potential for an absolute mauling this evening in Italy. What's your thoughts on tonight? How would you line up? Can we get anything out of the game? How do you see it going? I was absolutely appalled by the performance last week. Really, really... <coughs> Excuse me. I couldn't have any words how angry I was after that game because they certainly weren't a good team. You know, mm. I think the players, more than the management last week, actually let everybody down. If I was a, a footballer in there, I would have the personal pride that I would try to do my best. I understand the confidence is maybe away, but I would be rallying everybody that I was friendly with in that team and going, we need to do this together. But I've got a great total responsibility and I would want to do my best because they all talk about these moves they're looking for. Well, all their values are probably halved mm. with their performances and they ain't going to get the big dream move that they're looking at. But if I was going to tonight, my team would be Barkas, El Hamid, I think Julian's got a wee knock and Duffy's out, so I would play Beaton, Ayer and Taylor. Back four, and I'm midfield of Christie, Brown, Callum McGregor, Turnbull, Laxalt with Clamala up front. Clamala up front. Now, as the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct-to-consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. With regards to the 
the formation, the shape of that. Uh, a lot of people have been kind of commenting on McGregor's performances, Stevie. Where would you, where would he fit in in your midfield? I would have like a, a wee bit of Christmas tree. I'd have Scott Brown and then I'd have Callum McGregor just a wee bit in front of him mm-hmm. on the left. We have been absolutely ravaged this season by injuries. I mean, we're now looking once again at trying to set up a makeshift centre-half partnership uh, because Julien and, and Duffy are both out, as is El Yunusi, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, he's not travelled. So you're now looking at playing players like Beaton, who is continually playing out of position. Um, I mean, Ayer looked pretty good against AC Milan first time round, I've got to say. Um, and I think he'll be looking to put himself in the shot window tonight. But we just can't defend the simple balls at centre-half. So you've got a guy there who is uh, apparently a £15 million target for AC Milan. You've got Julien, who was a World Cup winner under-20 level for France, and he cost us £7 million. And you've got Shane Duffy with bags of international experience and EPL experience. They can't defend a long ball, Stevie. They can't defend a corner, and they can't defend any kind of style of set play from outside the box. Um, as a manager, as you say there, we know that Kennedy's not the defensive coach, but he's a coach with defensive experience. As a manager, how do you deal with that when you're putting out international players? Because, you know, other than Julien, they've all got international experience and they can't defend basic balls into the box. When you look at it, and it's awful hard to see from a television, we look as if we man-mark some guys and zonal mark the rest of the time. And it looks as if it's just an absolute shambles. You should be able to set up and work in it constantly at training where this doesn't happen, where the ball's travelling the length of distance it does and they're getting a free header. Put somebody in front, have a blocker. Mm-hmm. We're naive. You see it all over the Europe English Premier League. The ball goes into the box and the defender goes down screaming and invariably the referee gets a foul, even if there's no contact. We don't do anything like that. And then we start looking at each other when the ball's getting rattled into the back of the net. The way I've picked the team for tonight is because... For me, Sunday's far more important than tonight. We're mm-hmm. out of Europe, so I would hope we could go and compete, but I need these guys to be fit for Sunday. Yeah, I need them to be fit for Sunday, where we need to... Whatever happens, I love to see Celtic playing fast attacking football. The only important thing on Sunday is we have three points after that game. Oh, definitely. If we don't have three points... Then the roof's going to fall in in Celtic Football Club, and, and I can't think of that possibility. I've been through it before, and it's a horrible, horrible place to be. Well, I want to talk to you about the possibility, uh, Stevie, and what happens next. That's the million dollar question, isn't it? I mean, I'm getting the feeling from Celtic that they're happy to stay with Neil Lennon right up until uh, throughout this month, right up until the game against Rangers. I mean, that's the feeling I'm getting. It's not the decision that I would. Um, support, but it, it seems as though he's got the backing up until then um, and obviously that would take in the quadruple treble weekend um, question mark in brackets because we don't know what's going to happen there either but if that is the case and we go out this evening and I don't think anyone's expecting to take anything from the game um, and we maybe save people like Edward for example uh, for the game on Sunday, Stevie. I don't know if that's why Clamalla's playing or you've just been disappointed with Eddie. Yeah, I, have, uh, <clears throat> I would still keep him for Sunday. Mm. I'd keep Julian for Sunday. I wouldn't risk him tonight. You know, he picks up another wee knock and then we're back to square one for, mm-hmm. for Sunday. Mm-hmm. That's why the, these guys are playing. Now, 
With regards to Eddie, we'll come back to him because, I mean, he is a game changer and he's not changed many games this season. And that's a massive issue. It's only one player. Um, but we've got four strikers. You're starting with Klamala tonight. A Yeti for me has gone completely off the boil compared to his first half dozen uh, performances for Celtic. And Griffiths, once again, is completely out of the picture. I mean, is, is it just going to be history repeating itself with Lee Griffiths? I mean, we've been very supportive of him on this podcast, but there comes a point, Stevie, where you really need your best players to be available. If you're going to, and again, that this goes back to the recruitment, you know, if we don't buy a Yeti, then Lee Griffiths is going to give these problems. Then we allow Lee Griffiths to go or manufacture it. We could have had Tony. Oh, I know. You know, who's just been named Championship Player of the Month. Yep. So, we've gambled at the start of the season, and again, I'm not going to change my thing. I thought we would made really good signings, so I'm not going to go, it was terrible at the time. But from what I've seen, we could have invested that money better and had a, a player who was going to perform for us and score goals. A Yeti now looks back to probably the reason why he didn't get a game for West Ham. Lee, Lee Griffiths, yep. really, really likeable guy, great record, but he's never fit to play for Celtic. No, and th- this is a big problem. I mean, your patience wears so thin. We know the personal element of this, Stevie, uh, and we have spoken about it, and we take all that into account. But, I mean, your patience wears thin with players who, by December, can't get fit. We're already out of three tournaments. Um, I mean, the other week there, when I was saying to Kevin Graham on the show about, let's be realistic, what do you realistically expect to take from this season? And I think most people would agree if we we win the league and continue on that incredible run, um, 10 in a row, and we win the cup against Hearts, and by the way, the championship side, Hearts, should be beaten, but I've got no confidence at the moment that it will be anyone just now, Stevie, then you've got to be happy with 10 in a row and a quadruple treble. Um, but the reason that we're looking at it like that, the reason that we're, we're saying, well, I'm totally disappointed against Ross County, but the, the run had to come to an end, is because we've got players who are not playing. I mean, James Forrest, right, he's out for a couple of months with, with a bad injury. Lee Griffiths just can't get fit. So, you know, he's a, he's a player who domestically could score week in, week out for Celtic. He's shown that at international level. He showed it even under Ronnie Daly when he scored 40 goals in a season, Stevie. And you just can't rely on him to be fit to play for Celtic. So there comes a point where you think to yourself, like you said there, you know, you could have looked at Tony. I know we were interested in Tony. Um, but the, the, the conversation occurred to... Um, myself the other day there I was speaking to a guy who's involved as I say in football and we're talking about you know this thing around buying players from Scotland and how you know we turn our nose up at it so one of the players that that sparked the conversation was Turnbull now you've got him in your starting lineup, which is good to see and I'd love to see him play so one minute he's the best prospect in Scottish football or one of you know there's a few names you've mentioned Campbell at Motherwell uh, Lewis Ferguson quite rightly is mentioned in those terms as well um, but we get Turnbull, we've chased him for, for a long, long time, um, and we don't play him. You know? And then we turn our nose up at various other players in the Scottish League. Now, I've got to qualify this by saying, I'm not saying we should should have signed Lyndon Dykes for two million quid, but he would have made more effect than some of the two million pound players we brought in recently. I mean, Bayo, for example, two and a half million. Klamala, three and a half, I believe. That big fella would have made more of an impact than that. You see, he's going down south and he's, you know, he's doing brilliantly for Queen's Park Rangers. And I'm not saying we should buy players like that, but even when we do, and that player is Turnbull, we don't play him. Is there any rhyme or reason 
to us not playing Turnbull. I know he's been off for about 10 days with COVID, but um, up until then, he's barely featured. Prior to that, there was no reason whatsoever. Again, is it just that Neil thinks he's tried and trusted will eventually deliver for him? But even with, with Neil Lennon, and one of his greatest traits is his faithfulness to, to his players, his patience has got, has got to run out. Yeah. It's got to run out because what they're repaying him with isn't he good enough. And if that's not going to work, bring in these other guys. I, again, Celtic fans, and I'm guilty of it as well, you know, you sometimes think, I'm not going to have him, he's no good enough. But I was watching Salzburg the other night, and they've got an American coach. Mm. And I think if we would have says, we're going to get rid of Neil Lane, we're bringing in an American coach, we would have a, a bit of traditional snobbery and go, he can't come to us mm. with the Sino. Yep. But the, the football world's moved on. You know, and some of these countries who are developing football and bringing it to the forefront now, they're miles ahead of what we're doing. Again, with the players, as a lot of our injuries, there seems to be more than what we normally would have. Is it due to a lack of fitness? Where if you're not fit enough, you do pick up all these knocks. Mm. Because we've constantly got guys out when they're not playing games. No, I know. It's a concern. I mean, the amount of injuries we've got is unbelievable. And yeah, it is part... It is a mitigating factor in, in relation to the poor defending, Stevie, because we've been unable to get a, you know, a solid partnership with the two guys in the middle and the goalie behind them because people, every single one of them's missed periods of the season through injury. Now, you're, you're talking there about uh, this angle of bringing in a manager and I'm going to ask the question um, because you said there it's unthinkable that we don't win against St. Johnston. And in many ways, you're, you're absolutely right. It's, it's totally unthinkable because we're then in a situation where potentially we're 14 points behind Rangers, Stevie. And the, the gap has grown to the point where we just can't claw it back. We're waiting or we're relying on other teams beating Rangers and for us to win every single game. And there's no evidence based on this season's form that Celtic are going to go on that run. They're not going to, you know click a switch and all of a sudden start winning game after game after game. That ruthlessness that we've seen season on season hasn't been there this season. Um, so there's no evidence to suggest that's going to happen. And that is a concern, an absolute concern. Now, when you're looking at the game against St. Johnson, should the unthinkable happen, do you think the board are going to make a change then? I, I would really like them to. And again, it would be Horrible for Neil Lennon to get through some of the stuff that happened last Sunday after the game. If it was, if I had any input in this, then my two choices, and I know some of you are a pundit that says it's not our job, but this would just only be my opinion. I'm never going to pick Celtic manager. If it was somebody for an immediate effect who would go in and you would have a transform dressing room for the following game, I'd bring in Rafa Benitez. If it was a long-term project, I would be trying my damnedest to get Marco Rose for Borussia Mönchengladbach. That would be my two choices. Yeah, see the big thing, Stevie, there's a lot of names. There's a lot of names continually uh, get cited as potential candidates for the new position if it becomes available. And I, I kind of look at it whereby just about any name you mention gets shot down in flames, yeah. right? Um, now, you've got to look at how the board have approached this previously. So the last two appointments um, have been unemployed managers. So Brennan Rogers, Neil Lennon come in. They didn't have a job at that time. Brennan Rogers was looking to use Celtic as a stepping stone. We know that, and he did that successfully. Now, when we're looking at the, the landscape of the managers as we are just now, do we go back into the market for an unemployed manager? 
because there are loads of them out there. And um, or do we go as you say because Benitez, I believe, is still managing in China. Um, and and do we go to someone like that where there's going to be a compensation package, regardless of who you go for? And we've heard the names of Alex Neil mentioned previously. We've heard Jack Ross getting a few mentions. Um, and again, this is not me saying we should appoint these guys before the comments come in. Um, but I've seen all the names getting mentioned. And then you've got other uh, candidates. And, and I'm now looking at uh, people like, internally, like the aforementioned John Kennedy's, because... You know, it does appear as though there is certainly an affection um, to John Kennedy internally. Uh, what he has done to become the Celtic manager at this moment in time, what he has shown that uh, would indicate that he might be able to turn it around, I don't know, because I've not seen anything to indicate that. But if we go into the market, as you say there, Stephen, we we'll go and get someone who's already employed and there's a compensation package involved there, do you think that we're going to get a higher calibre of manager just because they're in, in position. Because a lot of people are turning their nose up at some of the unemployed managers out there. Well, they should have a job. Why are they unemployed? There must be something wrong. It doesn't always work like that in football, does it? You can go... Uh, one will not be naive about this. Celtic probably haven't made an official approach to any other manager. But there's a million ways to do it. For example, if I'm friendly with a football agent, and he's in charge of, and we'll just use as an example, Alec Neil. Mm-hmm. And I say to him, on behalf of the club, but not officially, do you think Alec Neil would be interested in coming to Celtic? Then you've got your answer, and you can either progress, or he's wanted files who would come. That's how it works. Peter Law's not going to phone up all these different directors and managers of football clubs and say, can I speak to him while Neil Lennon's in job? But they have sounded out numerous people that leads me to believe that maybe the person that they're actually looking for is unavailable just now, or he's gave them, I can't come until such and such a day. Mm, yeah. That, that would be my belief. Mm-hmm. But I, I, if it was me, that that's the calibre I think you can go. And again, there's a gamble, because only a few months ago, probably Mikel Arteta would have come into this elite management group, and he doesn't seem to be doing, after a, a great initial burst mm-hmm. at Arsenal, mm-hmm. they seem to be falling away. So there's a gamble in all these appointments, but I think right now, it's a gamble we need to take. You're right, you're spot on, and it's a great example, isn't it, uh, Arteta? We hear the the, uh, the words elite managers getting used all the time, Stevie, and um, I don't think there are many elite managers, are there, really? There, there aren't that many elite managers, and we certainly are not going to appoint what you would describe as an elite manager because of the very nature of it. They're going to be wanted by top three clubs in the top five leagues all over Europe. Now, there are other managers, so let's cast our mind back to when Celtic appointed Brendan Rodgers. Now, he is often cited as being one of these elite managers, and I I sometimes wonder, you know, pre-Celtic, he hadn't won anything, really. I mean, I know Swansea won the, the playoffs, right? But, I mean, it's not as though they won the league. It's not as though they've won a League Cup, an FA Cup. When Martin O'Neill comes to Celtic, um, you know, in 2000, he's won two League Cups with a provincial club, you know. Um, it gets him into into Europe and he's punching above his weight. And it looked as though he was ready for that transition to the next level. And, obviously, Celtic were the team for him at that, that stage. Brennan Rodgers taken away nothing that he achieved at Celtic but prior to the job at Celtic when you look at his record it wasn't a magnificent record now half of the games he had managed were in the championship 
you know, with Watford, Reading and Swansea. I know he spent one season in, in the EPL with Swansea before getting a Liverpool job. So you could turn your nose up at just about any anyone or you could look at the statistics of just about anyone and turn your nose up at someone like Brennan Rodgers even. But we know that he came in and he sold us this dream and it was all about brand Brendan and he'd done magnificently well as a manager of Celtic. There's a lot of people in that bracket because Rodgers was not an elite manager. That He was an unemployed manager who had um, sole experience in English football and there's a lot in that bracket who... You can rest assured, like you said there, we might be looking at the availability of managers, Stevie. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. But you can rest assured that there's loads of agents telling Celtic that their clients are available. Yeah. I think the, the thing that really made Brendan a box office for the Celtic fans was because of his time at Liverpool. You know, again, you're going back, it's one slip away from winning the English Premier League. But that that's what brought him to the notice. If we were to go and get other, probably more successful managers who have previously managed in the English Premier League, but there were a, an age difference, a lot of the younger Celtic fans wouldn't know who he was and what he'd achieved in the game. Mm-hmm. So it's a, a fine balance you know, even as say, I don't know if you listen back to the show that you do, I don't know how busy you are, but I listen to the guy speaking every day, and it's very difficult, even with only four, five pundits in here, to get a consensus of opinion. Yeah. You know, so I might say somebody, and the other guys are going to disagree. When you magnify that to you've got 60,000 people who go to matches, and then all other fans all over the world, and the other ones in Scotland who can't manage the games, how do you satisfy them all? Because it's one of the guys in the studio the other day, as long as they make a statement that I wouldn't question and then quantifies that by saying, I wouldn't believe a word that comes out of the mouth. Mm-hmm. So h- how do you satisfy even that one individual? I know, I know. You know, it's, it's very, very difficult. You know, they talk about fans' engagement. Well, I've been to most of the fans' forum meetings and the fans are represented at these meetings by various fan group leaders. Mm-hmm. And they have publicly stated at these meetings, we have an open-door policy with Peter Law. So how would they know taking any of these messages back to their fans groups? Now, individual fans probably, and if you want to go to any of these meetings, there's an application to go on to attend at, on the website for Celtic, and it's been brought up at the last three AG, AGMs. So it's not a select group of people who go, apply, and you'll be invited along. Obviously, everybody will be able to go to the first one, but then you can get fan engagement. It's not been great just now, and obviously I think it should be and much better, but get involved. Mm. Get involved and get the messages. But the, all the fans groups are all represented at these fans forums. Now, I'm glad you brought that up because I have been talking about fan engagement, Stevie, and um, along the bottom of your screen, you'll see that we're constantly pushing the quadruple treble charity weekend and St Rocks will be represented to talk about the club and also Rock Talk as well, Stevie, on the day. And I'm looking really forward to both Saturday and Sunday now. Uh, we're looking for investment. We're looking for sponsors, not for a Celtic state of mind. 
every single penny goes to the four charities that we're supporting over that weekend. So if anybody wants to support us, then contact Kelly at stateofmind.media and Kelly will give you a call and discuss exactly what all the options are. Now, what we've done, Steve, is we're pulling together as many uh, online fan groups, as well as yourself, St. Rocks, there's an, another club who may be confirmed very, very soon. Um, but a lot of podcasts are coming together uh, under one weekend uh, to provide 24 hours of live content. Now, I'm putting it out there to each of the, the podcasts that it's their hour and they can do what they plan to do, within reason, of course. Um, and uh, what we'll get is a variety. We'll get a variety of views, Stevie, um, approaches, opinions, debate, but we're going to be live for 12 hours on a Saturday and 12 hours on the Sunday. Now, it wasn't pre-planned, but during discussions we spoke the other day about why don't we approach the club? Why don't we ask Peter Lowell um, to be part of this broadcast? Now, I don't expect him to do it live. I, I wouldn't expect that. But we are going to approach the club and ask for an interview. Now, um, that is due to the fact that it's a historical weekend for the club, Stevie. Quadruple treble, potentially. But also, at that time of the year, we're raising funds for the most vulnerable in society. Now, at the round about that time, someone came on and made the comment that he would give us a thousand quid for the charity should Peter Lowell uh, agree to come on. Now, that's brilliant, isn't it? Yeah. Um, what we've found this morning is that they paid the thousand pound anyway. That's already been paid. Oh, Incredible. Thank Incredible you. gesture. So what I would like to do, first of all, is give everybody an update um, on the funds that have already come in through sponsorship and donations. And it's 1,880 quid. So somebody, please go on the GoFundMe page and give us eight quid um, as we go through today. But what we're asking for is we're asking for sponsorship for each individual show so that uh, your sponsor's banner will appear at the top of the screen. You know, if you want to sponsor the show with the Four Tims and a Pod or if you want to sponsor the show with the Homeboys. And there's a whole list of shows and they're going to be listed and we're working on promotional videos and everything else to keep the momentum going on this, Steve. And we'll be raising funds for 24 hours that weekend. So brilliant big shout out to the, the guy who made the donation, um, who, you know, paid that this morning, which I think is incredible. So we're just under two grand, Stevie. We've got a big target to reach over that weekend, but we are approaching the club and we're going to ask for an interview. It won't be live. I don't expect that. But um, if we do get that interview, we'll put it out on the YouTube channel on the Saturday night straight after the broadcast. So that'll be about, what, half eight, nine o'clock. Um, people will think I'm daft for trying, but you've got to try. If you don't ask, you don't get, Stevie. I think it would be absolutely magnificent if Peter Law came on. Uh, probably as your viewers get, I, I, I'm a Peter Law fan. You know, I uh, understand he's made many mistakes in his time there. Who hasn't? But what you would get for Peter Law, and some guys don't like it, he's a straight hitter. You know, he, and he can answer however the question's put by whatever member of the audience he can respond in their language. And it's a real, real talent, you know. There's nobody understands the finances better at the club. He was brought in originally as a financial controller. When he brought him in as a CEO, they actually changed the job description because they didn't feel the previous two incumbents had done particularly well. So I think what he's achieved, 13 titles in 17 years, is an absolute magnificent achievement. There's many faults, but if you could get him to do an interview, I think it would be absolutely explosive, you know, and I, I think you would get answers, and sometimes people are uncomfortable with the answers. Mm. But again, 
they're going to be what he thinks is best for Celtic, not what I think or what you think, Paul. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. And I think um, as someone who is a big fan of the interview, everything I've ever done has been based on interviews, Stevie. So writing books, it was all interview-based. The documentary was all around interviewing people who knew or worked with Neely Mocking. And then, of course, the podcast. So it's all about interviews. And it's someone who I think would be a great interview subject as well. Now, um, I'm trying to do a couple of things at once. But what I have done is put up the link to the GoFundMe page. And that's just going to be on the ticker tape. I don't, um, I'm not close enough to the keyboard to type <laughs> anything. So I've just copied that and pasted it. Please forgive me. Um, yeah, it'd be good to get 1888 by the end of the show. Um, but if we get all the sponsors in place, we've got 20 different options um, for the shows. We've got 20 different shows that, that weekend, as well as a four hour uh, match day special so we're going to have loads of variety Stevie and loads of opportunities for people to donate and it doesn't have to be a lot of money I mean we got a thousand quid from one person this morning which is unbelievable a tenner a fiver a couple of quid whatever it all goes into the big pot doesn't it and then we can split it up between the four charities but, but even just to give your viewers just a wee example of how people are going without uh, we, we're doing a, a toy appeal at St Rock's and they're going to be going to some of the local schools. The email I got from one of the local schools the other day, they have 53 families who are going to need our assistance even just to get them toys. You know, so if you're thinking about it and you can afford that, put your money in because the money will be well spent and it will go to deserving and underprivileged people at a really difficult time because everybody else is celebrating and if you can't, then it, may, it just makes it worse. But if you can, do it, and God bless you for even contributing and thinking about it. Absolutely, Stevie. Now, the four charities, we wanted to support mental health around about this time because, you know, that's something that's an issue every single day, Stevie. Um, it's exasperated at Christmas time, we know that. The figures show that suicides are up over that period of time. People just can't handle it um, when it gets to that time where you're expecting to be around loved ones. Um, so the mental health charity is Rock Talk. Uh, we've done a lot of talking with Stevie Mullen this season and we felt that Rock Talk was a place to go. So Rock Talk will be the mental health charity. Um, homelessness, help for the homeless, H4TH, which is also based in Glasgow. Um, so we've done a wee bit of research around what they do as well and they will be getting um, some of the, the funds also. We think food banks is important as well, Stevie. So food facts, friends who are based in the Midlothian area and then vulnerable kids, like you say, Children First is a charity that will be benefiting from the donations. So we'll split it four ways and I think that's in the keeping with how we all kind of go day, day to day. It doesn't have to be a fortune. If you can afford any anything, um, then the Go Fund Me page is up and running, and some of the sponsorship cash is yet to be transferred over there, just in case it's a wee bit less than eighteen eighty at the moment. But let's get up to eighteen eighty eight. Um, so that that's tremendous, and I thank everybody for getting involved. Even just a wee thing, if I could say about food banks, Paul. You know, some of the official food banks, you need a ticket, you know, mm. to get any food. Some of the people don't want to go because their circumstances are there and they don't want social work and all that involved. Yeah. So you just want people to go up and maybe get something for themselves and their family just to tide them over a couple of days before their money comes in. You know, they're great, great things these to provide people with just a service. Oh, brilliant. Stevie, you didn't want anybody waking up on Christmas morning and spending it on their own. You know, and you don't want any kid to wake up hungry or without a 
present under the Christmas well, tree. Would it be okay to tell the wee story from one of the teachers at our primary yeah, schools last year? Definitely. I'd went in to approach her to say, would it be okay for us to give them toys? And she says that one of the male teachers the previous day had took the kids to the swimming and it says to the wee boy, you're looking forward to Christmas, Father Christmas. And he's seven years of age. He says, I don't believe in Santa. His teacher's like, oh, come on, you must believe. They went, I waited up the full night last year. Nobody brought me anything. That's the kids that are being helped through these charitable appeals. So if you can, support it. Let's get money. Let's help the children and the vulnerable adults in our society. 100%. 100%, Stevie. Um, and let's raise as much as we can for them. Now, everybody's doing it off their own back, aren't they? You know, everybody's giving us a time and it's going to be an interesting day. <laughs> and I hope it isn't <laughs> flattened on the Sunday when we face hearts. Um, let's get back to a wee bit of the football chat. You gave us your team, Stevie. How do you see the game going tonight? I think if we set up defensively minded, and by that I mean don't allow the two fullbacks to go, that's why I brought Greg Taylor in. Yeah. You know, curtail them in the half. If we get a break, let's break with two or three men, but keep everybody in our own half. Condense the spaces. I've said to you before, it should be like a draft board. If you've got your back four and they're just a wee bit narrower, you've got your white guy who's out, then your full back. Then your next midfield, and it goes right across where you should have a line and there's no space. Mm-hmm. Keep the lines tight so their good players can't go between the lines, which is a modern statement, and turn and get at your defence. It's no a difficult thing to set up to do, but if we bomb forward and everybody's out of position, then we'll concede goals. That's as sure as day follows night, that's what will happen if we try to attack and be an offensive team tonight. We go there and we set out for zero zero. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. Now, Stevie, I'm not going to um, go on too much about the St Johnston game. We'll talk about that next week. All right, <laughs> yeah, regardless of what happens. Um, now, if you are watching on. Twitter, Facebook or YouTube, welcome to the show. We're going to run through some of your comments. It's always great to see people getting involved, Stevie, because you and I have our own views, but we need to get a wide range of views. Now, um, our YouTube channel has topped 5,500 subscribers. It's all free. If you are watching it on there, make sure you subscribe because we're now chasing an uh, imaginary league table. We're now chasing Dundee United, who are on around 6,500 subscribers. We've just taken over Kilmarnock. Um, we're climbing up the table, Stevie. Um, the top of the table, obviously, is Celtic on 153,000. So let's see how that goes. Um, but let's have a look at some of the, the comments coming in. And uh, Aero250, welcome back. You're commenting on YouTube. We'll play well for 15 minutes. Uh, disappear rest of the first half, then come out in the second half, push for an equaliser, leak four goals, and Lennon will say, say we need to do better. Now, it so does I seem think to be... a bit of deja vu in that comment. There's <laughs> a, a bit of Groundhog Day at the moment, Stevie, isn't there? Um, I can understand why people get so frustrated, though, because words, they, they become empty, don't they? I mean, even the statement, I just felt... I understand that it needs to have that official tinge. Everything the club does needs to go through this check and that check. I know that. Everything is totally checked to the nth degree. But all we want is a bit of honesty. And I mean, I, I just felt, you know, a lot of the statements in the comments recently in the interviews are staged. Everybody's singing from the same hymn sheet. And what we just want is a bit of honesty. Everybody knows this is not anywhere near good enough. It needs changed. It might well be, Stevie, that change is afoot. But it just can't happen just now. I just because it doesn't make sense to me that these astute businessmen can't see what we are seeing. Definitely, but really, in all serious, Paul, would you expect any of the members of staff to break rank and say what they actually thought? They, they wouldn't be in position. They can't, know. and they have some fantastic salaries at Celtic, some fantastic positions. 
these males and females in these positions aren't going to break rank, so they all need to sing for the same hymn sheet until they, something changes. Yep. Then further down the line, you'll probably get it in a book or leak to a member of the press. No, I, you just you just have to think back to the Ronnie Dyla era, and there's all this uh, talk about things aren't right and this and that, and you could see it yourself. You could see it, you know, when Mulgrew walks off against uh, Ajax, or when Commons walks off against Mulder. You know there's something wrong, but the club will never admit that. Nobody at the club will ever admit that. So we know that. And then after the event, Charlie McGrew's quite happy to talk about the fact that there were so many people unhappy at the club. So we get that. As football fans, we understand it. Um, and this is, I think, where the engagement comes in. We're going to be live for 24 hours over a weekend. Maybe the club should think about doing that at some point in the future. But we're going to do it every year, Stevie. It's going to be the Axon weekend or every single year. Um, listen, it'd be great if it was quadruple trebles we were celebrating, but <laughs> in December, I don't think that's going to happen very often. Uh, we're in unusual times. Scott Graham, we're getting thumped tonight, and if we lose five, I wouldn't be one bit surprised. I hate seeing Celtic losing. It doesn't matter if it's one nothing away to Inverness Cali, 2 nothing in a, a, a cup game against Ross County, but to be absolutely schooled in Europe is hard to take, Stevie, because it shows you how far removed we are from the aspirations that many of us still have. I, I, I can't subscribe to Paul. We've seen some guys over the weekend and during the week, you know, hoping that we would get scudded so our manager wouldn't have been positioned. I, I never want Celtic to get beat. Never. I, I, I can't get to that stage where I think it would be a good idea for us to get a heavy defeat. No, no, absolutely not. I mean, we've seen it. We've actually seen it under the, the aforementioned... Uh, Brendan Rodgers, who seemed to scoop up everything domestically, but in Europe, he, you know, he was he was caught napping, and um, you know the the defeats to PSG and Barcelona will live long in my memory. As much as I love looking back to last season and Lazio and Barcelona twenty twelve and various other uh, other victories, particularly in the Seville run, Stevie, you know, there's just something that, that doesn't sit right with me when we go out and get schooled like that. It's embarrassing. But but that was Brendan Rodgers' ego that got the defeats, yeah. where he thought he could stand toe-to-toe with these great teams, great managers, when we didn't have the players to do that. We could have set up, and again, I don't know if he's understood that, because sometimes when you see his team playing against the better teams now, they're not so gung-ho. You know, so he, he could have set us up better. His, his ego got us the defeats. I think you're right. I mean, you look at some of the earlier European games, you know, the exciting games against Man City, for example, and he maybe believed that we could go toe-to-toe playing the same style of football, and then it was proven that that can't happen, and we were destroyed, weren't we? Um, I've just had word in, and I don't know if the people making the donations want to remain anonymous, so I'm reluctant to give their names out just now, Stevie, but uh, we're up to £1,950, so almost 2000 quid, and we're still a couple of weeks away from the fundraiser. That is unbelievable. Unbelievable. So thank you, everybody who's been involved already. It looks as though we're going to raise a lot of funds that weekend, Stevie. But when you get all the, the negative reaction to people, it's great that we've got so many generous people you know, willing to help these causes. So uh, again, I can only say thank you so much for all your help. It's really, really appreciated. Brilliant. Really, uh, greatly appreciated. Now, Mark... Um, has been a feature of a lot of the recent shows, Stevie, coming in, giving a lot of good opinions. Um, and he says, if we lose, be it heavily or a scrappy 1-0, as long as the players give us 100%, I'll be happy. Doesn't mean all is forgiven. Change still needs to happen. I'm of the same view. I mean, I've made my views known in, in relation to the management situation, Stevie. But between now and the next game, and then after that, 
whoever's in charge, I still want to see Celtic winning. But what's important for me at the moment is that 100% that, that Mark quite rightly says. Now, people say that should be a prerequisite for any footballer, but it's not. It isn't. I mean, let's look at the, look at this realistically. It isn't always the case, and we can see it. They're playing within themselves. A lot of them aren't playing at all. So we want to see a performance. We want to see a hundred percent from the players tonight. But, but there's a difference, even from this season to previous seasons. Previous seasons, even if the manager wasn't getting the tune from the team, Scott Brown would get the tune from his players. Mm-hmm. Scott Brown doesn't seem to be inspiring anybody around no. about Manu. You know, he's your inspirational captain. He's been an absolute legend at the club, you know. But right now, he can't get his own performances right and he's no inspiring anybody else to play. No, he's spot on. And, and obviously during the games, what I try and do, uh, certainly Stevie, is um, I don't normally do this at the games, by the way, but I've been doing it when I've been watching it this season, is uh, just take notes so that we can obviously uh, analyse the games. Now, going back to the, the last European game, Brown in the first half lost out on four different challenges. Um, one of them, led to the the goal, the first yep. goal. Uh, but these are challenges that you expect Scott Brown to actually win. Uh, you know, one, you know, 50-50 balls, uh, balls dropping t- to him, so it's probably a 60-40 ball, and he's losing them now. Is that just because there is a rot in the team at the moment? Um, or do you think that famous saying of Bruno losing his legs is finally coming home to roost? It might even just be that wee bit where you're just a wee couple of percent off it due to your age. Everybody now has all access to the gyms, so the great upper body strength that Scott Brown's had all his playing career where he could shove guys out the road and bully them a wee bit. These, these guys are 17, 18, 19 years of age. They're off at young men, and they're sort of doing it to him. That's what mm-hmm. happened with the goal. Mm-hmm. The guy just gave Scott Brown a wee done, you know, and the rest history. Callum McGregor, I say, is playing everybody on side. It's, it's amateur half hour. And it's the players that we've been relying on so much, isn't it? I mean, I, I singled out Scott Brown there, uh, but as you say, Callum McGregor, a guy who could lean on season after season after season, and Eduard, the game changer, the match winner, and these three players, the talisman, really, of that side, they've not been there this season, uh, performing the way we know they can perform. Now, let's say they all click into place, great. We might be talking about a different Celtic team tomorrow, uh, but most of the comments coming in, uh, IH Decorating, welcome back to the show. If we get out of the San Siro with a 3-0 loss, we will be doing well. A team like Milan could ruthlessly exploit the many feelings we have. I've got to admit, that's my fear. And uh, Patrick Murphy also on YouTube. It's a sad state of affairs when Celtic fans aren't excited about a match in the San Siro. Some people aren't even going to watch it, Stevie. <laughs> Just shows how disastrous this season has been so far. Only change at the top, boardroom level, will yield results. The thing with that as well is, you know, if that is the case, and I don't disagree necessarily with Patrick, if that is the case and, and boardroom change is required, that isn't going to be as a short-term fix. I mean, there's a way of fixing the playing side of things, and that is, come January, you sign some new players, you sell some players, and that has been spoken about by Neil Lennon. Apparently, there's plans in place. With regards to coaching and managerial level, you can put the short-term interim manager in between now and the end of the season, because I think if they've got a long-term view, Stevie, it's going to be difficult to bring that forward. Um, if you know if they were planning a change anyway at the end of the season, but the boardroom thing that takes a, a longer. I mean, no one's going to step down between now and the end of the season. That, that, that would be a major change. You know, if you were going to change your chief executive, you know, you'd probably be going in a different direction. 
again, there probably there would be somebody else out there, you know, who would probably be able to do an equally as good job as what Peter Law's done. I think to make all the changes at one time could be catastrophic. I think you're right. Yeah, it could take years to actually then create uh, what the culture is at that club, Steve. It has to happen, and it has to happen, you know, gradually. It's as big as that. Excuse me, I hear people saying, you know, we should develop this young team and bring them through. So if we're going to do that and we don't have any success for five years because we're nurturing this team to bring them through, like an Ajax, what do you think the Celtic fans' reaction to that would be? Well, you wouldn't have 54,000 season tickets. That's the same. You know? they, they, they wouldn't accept it. It's exactly. a great thought in your mind that we could do this and we'll have the Ajax model. But the realistic thing is, if we weren't winning trophies year after year, we would be disgruntled. Mm. No, I, th- I think you're absolutely right. So that that is the, the catch-22 or the close-22 situation, whereby you want to start breeding a culture within the club where we are rearing our own players. Because this... This method, Stevie, which is, you know, it's feared as well, where you're bringing in players fairly cheap from the continent and you're developing them, putting them on the Champions League platform, selling them for big profit. That seems to have dried up. That well seems to be dry now. Well, I think everybody's now tapping into it. <clears throat> but the other problem you've got is we played the young boy Welsh and we played Frimpong against AC Milan in the first game. <clears throat> they didn't do particularly badly. They didn't do particularly well. They were just OK but as soon as our fit guys in the professional season pros were back, we wanted them out of the team. Mm-hmm. So we're not prepared as fans to sit back and have Julian, Duffy, Eton all sitting in the stand while we're playing a boy at 20 because we want our best players in. Because we as fans think that's our best avenue to change it and get our success back. Instant success, you know. Now, Paul Cockwell, uh, welcome back, Paul. Paul's a hippie. But he's all right. He keeps slagging me as well. Does he? <laughs> the thing, the thing with Paul is, and in the, in the beauty of having other perspectives is, Paul knows how Neil Lennon performed when he was at Hibs and at Easter Road, and the reasons behind his downfall at Hibs, uh, which look as though um, it's almost mirroring his Hibs career is almost mirroring in terms of the performances, and then it's tailing off, and then the personal issues uh, with what I mean, personal issues is with personal. Um, issues with other people mm-hmm. in the club um, and then the deterioration of the team's performances then the changes almost a mirror image of what's happening with his team just now will it affect Lennon tonight this result I don't think it will change any decision that the board have already made unless it was a horrendous defeat Paul unless it was a horrendous defeat then I, th- I think it could accelerate the change I think if it was a I don't even want to say these words, acceptable defeat, then I think he would be in position on Sunday. But all these people, all these people, Federmat, Peter, the coaching staff, the players that are in situ now, they're all in transient positions. The only people and the only constant in Celtic Football Club is the supporters. Mm-hmm. They'll, they'll be there, the supporters, the good times, the bad times, you can't change what team you support. These guys can all change their clubs, change their positions within a club, or go and do something else. We can't. We can't. We're Celtic supporters. No, you're absolutely right. I do remember Jim Kerr saying that you can change your wife, you can change your name, your religion, your political party, but not your football team. 
Probably done about four or five. <laughs> <laughs> well, McMillan, uh, Rafa only has one year left on his contract. I do remember the, the interesting conversation where he admitted Celtic had never really been in touch with him. Um, and then that, you know, backed up with the, the comment. And I, I think a lot of comments are taken literally and they may not be. And I might be wrong, but I don't... Did Neil Lennon actually get offered the job in the shower? You know, you could they possibly think that? You know, it's you know, probably came out. But again, even have you, we all have our own view of that. You know, where we see the photographs when we get home. You know, and the three guys are on the park having the discussion, and then Neil gets offered the job. After that, was that decision made on that even tough at Hamden? I would like to think it wasn't. You know, it's. That's a major, major job being a manager of Celtic Football Club, and I don't think he should do that ad hoc. No, you know. So if you lose it, he's not going to get the job. So that really, from day one, then he's on a, jo- a day a game to game basis. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And it, the big thing with that was the the comment that there was applications and they weren't looked at. You've got to look at everything that's out there, uh, every possible. Avenue, every opportunity that you might have. But, but do you believe that statement, Paul? Well, you know, again... Because, uh, again, you know, and I please don't consider this the same as Celtic, but if, when Andy Cameron left his position at St Rocks, you know, and I've, it's my job to appoint a new manager, the guy that gets a job is always my first choice. I've not spoke to anybody else. But you have. You know, mm-hmm. but you need to back your new manager that I wasn't looking at anybody else apart from you. Yep. You know, so if Peter Law and the board can give Neil Lennon that confidence, we didn't consider anybody, you're our man, then that's another follow-up to, to Neil Lennon. No, you're right. You're spot on. Jungle Lie makes a good point. Man, you got rid of Ferguson and Gill in the same season and look what happened there. I mean, change uh, at Celtic could be detrimental in terms of the wider change. I don't think it will be detrimental in terms of the management and coaching staff, but we will wait and see now, Stevie. No, but if you're asking me my opinion, and I'm not going to vary from this, I think we should appoint a new manager. Mm-hmm. I'm not making a case for Neil Lennon, although I find myself defending him now because of the attacks on him. Yeah. You know, I don't yeah. mean guys having an opinion that he shouldn't be the manager, but to see some of the things that's been said about him, I don't think he deserves that. So no. I find myself sticking up for one of my own. Well, what happens is, there's a group of people in the media, Stevie, who Celtic fans generally don't like. Yep. And a lot of them are ex-players, yes. given, given their views. And one of them, and I've met, I've met him a few times, he was, he was a favourite of mine during the centenary year, was Andy Walker. Mm-hmm. And I always thought, you know, as a player, he comes in, I think, was he 19 when we signed him for Motherwell? It might have been early 20s, but he scores 32 goals. He played against him when he played with Motherwell. Yeah. He played with, he played with Baelish and Juniors before he went there. Aye. Good, and good player. Very good. 32 goals in his debut season. I think brothers and sisters are loving them in total. They're all Celtic fans. Every single one of them, a big part of their upbringing was the dad taking them to the games. And he remembers things like the 75 Scottish Cup final, uh, Billy's last game. But I know that some people don't like his views, but I did hear him. I heard Andy Walker last week talking about the treatment of Neil Lennon and I've got to agree with, with Andy. I thought he spoke very well on the subject and he went back to the, the sackings of Bill McNeil and Tommy Burns and what Andy Walker said is it was time for both of them to go but it wasn't the hate mob outside the ground shouting their name, you know, as as was the case after the Ross County game, Stevie. So I think from what Andy said and I totally agree with what he said, if it, if it comes to an end, and I think it should, 
then he needs to leave Celtic Park, you know, as the icon that he undoubtedly is. But what I'm going to say is, I agree 100% with people's right to protest. Right? So I'm never going to condemn anybody who turned up at Celtic Park last week. Was it the best advice thing to do while we're having a pandemic? Probably no. But I'm going to always stick up for guys' right to protest. Some of the videos I've seen, I would strongly disagree with how it went. You know, some of the things that were shouted at players, I don't certainly agree with that. And I don't think anybody should ever be put in fear for representing Celtic Football Club. If you want to be vocal in your protest, go ahead. And I'm not going to go because I'm old enough to remember a lot of guys at my age doing a lot worse things than what their kids done last week. Mm-hmm. You know, so we can't be all sanctimonious now. But if you're wanting Neil Lennon out, protest to get him out. But don't resort to idiotic ways of doing it. No, you're absolutely right, Stevie. Once again, it's been a pleasure. I'm looking forward to the weekender. It'll be with us before we know it. Two 12-hour shifts. Brilliant. Cannot <laughs> wait. Day for you. Cannot <laughs> wait. That's just a normal day, aye? I'm getting away early. Brilliant. No, I need to thank everybody for getting involved. I need to thank everyone who has already contributed to the fundraiser. We're sitting currently at £1,950 raised, which is fantastic for the most vulnerable in our communities around about Christmas time. Stevie, you'll be a big part uh, of that once it comes round on the 19th and the 20th. Let's hope we get a good result tonight. We'll be back half an hour before kick-off and um, half-time and full-time as well. Hopefully, it's not an extended one because we're so angry at the results, Stevie. I'm still blaming you for sacking me for the match. I know. (laughs) We've not had a win since you've done that. We've not. Everything was going so well. (laughs) Thank you again, Stevie Mullen, for joining me on A Celtic State of Mind. Got hair loss? I know what you're thinking. Should I shave my head, comb it over, wear a hat? Just stop. This is in 1970. Keep your hair and your confidence because Bosley, America's number one hair restoration experts, can give you your real hair back permanently. Check them out today because they're giving away an absolutely free information kit and a free gift card to anyone that texts EASY to 203203. Dude, you don't have to look like your dad because this isn't your dad's hair loss treatment. People all over the country trust Bosley because they're ahead of the curve. They use the latest technology to give you your real hair back. And the best part? Bosley's permanent solution is protected by the Bosley Guarantee. Let Bosley show you for free how awesome your hair could look with an absolutely free information kit and a gift card for $250 off. Text EASY to 203203. That's E-A-S-Y to 203203. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spanier. Leto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct-to-Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. 
trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 At Discount Tire, we know your time is valuable. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online. Did you know Discount Tire now sells wiper blades? Check out our current deals at DiscountTire.com or stop in and talk to an associate today. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. Sports Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChumpaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.